Volume Three, Chapter Four of Cecilia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cecilia, Memoirs of Inheris by Francis Burney, Volume Three, Chapter Four an evasion cecilia now for about a fortnight passed her time without incident the heralds continued their accustomed dissipation sir robert floyer without even seeking a private conference persevered in his attentions and mr arnott though still silent and humble seemed only to live by the pleasure of beholding her she spent two whole days with mrs delvile both of which served to confirm her admiration of that lady and of her son and she joined the parties of the heralds or stayed quietly at home according to her spirits and inclinations while she was visited by mr monckton often enough to satisfy him with her proceedings yet too seldom to betray either to herself or to the world any suspicion of his designs her two hundred pounds however which was to have been returned at the end of the first week though a fortnight was now elapsed had not even been mentioned she began to grow very impatient but not knowing what course to pursue and wanting courage to remind mr harrell of his promise she still waited the performance of it without speaking at this time preparations were making in the family for removing to violet bank to spend the easter holidays but cecilia who was too much grieved at such perpetual increase of unnecessary expenses to have any enjoyment in new prospects of entertainment had at present some business of her own which gave her full employment the poor carpenter whose family she had taken under her protection was just dead and as soon as the last duties had been paid him she sent for his widow and after trying to console her for the loss she had suffered assured her she was immediately ready to fulfil the engagement into which she had entered of assisting her to undertake some better method of procuring a livelihood and therefore desired to know in what manner she could serve her and what she thought herself able to do the good woman pouring forth thanks and praises innumerable answered that she had a cousin who had offered for a certain premium to take her into partnership in a small haberdasher's shop but then madam continued she it's quite morally impossible i should raise such a sum or else to be sure such a shop as that now i am grown so poorly would be quite a heaven upon earth to me for my strength madam 
is almost all gone away and when i do any hard work it's quite a piteous sight to see me for i'm all in a tremble after it just as if i had an og and yet all the time my hands madam will be burning like a coal you have indeed been overworked said cecilia and it is high time your feeble frame should have some rest what is the sum your cousin demands oh madam more than i should be able to get together in all my life for earn what i will it goes as fast as it comes because there is many mouths and small pay and two of the little ones that can't help at all and there is no billy madam to work for us now but tell me what is the sum sixty pound madam you shall have it cried the generous cecilia if the situation will make you happy i will give it to you myself the poor woman wept her thanks and was long before she could sufficiently compose herself to answer the further questions of cecilia who next inquired what could be done with the children mrs hill however hitherto hopeless of such a provision for herself had for them formed no plan she told her therefore to go to her cousin and consult upon this subject as well as to make preparations for her own removal the arrangement of this business now became her favourite occupation she went herself to the shop which was a very small one in fetter lane and spoke with mrs roberts the cousin who agreed to take the eldest girl now sixteen years of age by way of helper but said she had room for no other however upon cecilia's offering to raise the premium she consented that the two little children should also live in the house where they might be under the care of their mother and sister there were still two others to be disposed of but as no immediate method of providing for them occurred to cecilia she determined for the present to place them in some cheap school where they might be taught plain work which could not but prove a useful qualification for whatever sort of business they might hereafter attempt her plan was to bestow upon mrs hale and her children hundred pounds by way of putting them all into a decent way of living and then from time to time to make them such small presents as their future exigences or changes of situation might require now therefore payment from mr harrell became immediately necessary for she had only fifty pounds of the six hundred she had taken up in her own possession and her customary allowance was already so appropriated that she could make from it no considerable deduction there is something in the sight of laborious indigence so affecting and respectable that it renders dissipation peculiarly contemptible and doubles the odium of extravagance every time cecilia saw this poor family her aversion to the conduct and principles of mr harrell increased while her delicacy of shocking or shaming him diminished 
and she soon acquired for them what she had failed to acquire for herself, the spirit and resolution to claim her debt. One morning, therefore, as he was quitting the breakfast room, she hastily arose and following begged to have a moment's discourse with him. They went together to the library, and after some apologies and much hesitation, she told him she fancied he had forgotten the two hundred pounds which she had lent him. The two hundred pounds? cried he. Oh, I, true, I protest it had escaped me. Well, but you don't want it immediately? Indeed, I do, if you can conveniently spare it. Oh, yes, certainly, without the least doubt. Though now I think of it, it's extremely unlucky. But really, just at this time, why did not you put me in mind of it before? I hoped you would have remembered it yourself. I could have paid you two days ago extremely well. However, you shall certainly have it very soon, that you may depend upon, and a day or two, can make no great difference to you. He then wished her good morning and left her. Cecilia, very much provoked, regretted that she had ever lent it at all, and determined for the future strictly to follow the advice of Mr. Monckton in trusting him no more. Two or three days passed on, but still no notice was taken either of the payment or of the debt. She then resolved to renew her application and be more serious and more urgent with him. But she found, to her utter surprise, this was not in her power, and that, though she lived under the same roof with him, she had no opportunity to enforce her claim. Mr. Harrell, whenever she desired to speak with him, protested he was so much hurried he had not a moment to spare, and even when tired of his excuses she pursued him out of the room he only quickened his speed smiling however and bowing and calling out i am vastly sorry but i am so late now i cannot stop an instant however as soon as i come back i shall be wholly at your command when he came back however sir robert floyer or some other gentleman was sure to be with him and the difficulties of obtaining an audience were sure to be increased. And by this method, which he constantly practised, of avoiding any private conversation, he frustrated all her schemes of remonstrating upon his delay, since her resentment, however great, could never urge her to the indelicacy of dunning him in presence of a third person. She was now much perplexed herself how to put into execution her plans for the hills. She knew it would be as vain to apply for money to Mr. Briggs as for payment to Mr. Harrell. Her word, however, had been given, and her word she held sacred. She resolved, therefore, for the present, to bestow upon them the fifty pounds she still retained, and, if the rest should be necessary before she became of age, to spare it, however conveniently, from her private allowance, which, by the will of her uncle, was five hundred pounds a year, two fifty pounds of which 
Mr. Harrell received for her board and accommodations. Having settled this matter in her own mind, she went to the lodging of Mrs. Hill in order to conclude the affair. She found her and all her children, except the youngest, hard at work, and their honest industry so much strengthened her compassion that her wishes for serving them grew every instant more liberal. Mrs. Hill readily undertook to make her cousin accept half the premium for the present, which would suffice to fix her with three of her children in the shop. Cecilia then went with her to Fetter Lane, and there, drawing up herself an agreement for their entering into partnership, she made each of them sign it and take a copy, and kept a third in her own possession, after which she gave a promissory note to Mrs. Roberts for the rest of the money. She presented Mrs. Hill also with ten pounds to clothe them all decently, and enable her to send two of the children to school, and assured her that she would herself pay for their board and instruction till she should be established in her business and her power to save money for that purpose. She then put herself into a chair to return home, followed by the prayers and blessings of the whole family. End of chapter